Listeners are advised, this podcast contains spoilers. Welcome to the Blooming League of Original Podcasts. Today, welcome to the very first episode of Drag Race Debates. A kiki with a kick. I'm your debate master for this opening round, Yolanda Nina Pickle. And before I start, we want to say a huge thank you to Amali Golden for letting us use her fabulous song, Knock You Out. Be sure to check out her music on iTunes, Spotify, and where all good music is sold. So the Blooming League of Original Podcast is kicked off. And it's my questionable pleasure to introduce our two fighters for this week's debut episode. In the lace front corner, this is what it looks like when the pussy drags itself in. It's Mimi Kaka. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Do it like Marilyn Monroe. And she's going to end up like Marilyn Monroe too. <laughs> Wait, are you dissing on me, honey? <laughs> yes. I reckon you should take a step back. Well, I need to with you in that outfit. <laughs> it looks much better from way, way back. That's where all the appeal is. When you're looking at all of it. Okay. That's what you think, honey. <laughs> all right. Versus the representative from the leather corner. He's all over town like syphilis. I mean, with its rose collar glasses. Urgh! I want to kick that bitch's ass. I'll punch you in the balls. <laughs> when you're least expecting it, don't turn your back on me. Sounds like it's on. Now, we've prepared five tantalizing topics for our bitches to battle over, based around a brand new show that debuted last week called RuPaul's Drag Race, a televised competition celebrating the art of drag. Each round will consist of three phases. Firstly, go make your statement, girl, is where each fighter will read their pre-written opening statements on each given topic. Secondly, during Shake Your Rebuttal, each fighter will debunk and devalue their opposition's opening statement in a perfectly civilised and friendly manner. Lastly, the wigs and gloves will be ripped off in a oh no debater don't as our master debaters are unleashed onto one another, tasked with destroying the other's opinions and proving why their point of view is correct. At the end of each round, players will be judged based on how much crap they pulled out in terms of comedy, rebuttal, argument and passion. So, without wasting any more time, let the sloppy slap fest begin. Are you ready, fighters? Hell yeah. Woo. Yes, I am. It's time for round one. Category is best entrance look. Mimi, your opening statements? So here for the best entrance look, I think Angina really pulled it off. I mean, that makeup was definitely not overdone and it really brought out the natural beauty for this queen. I found that the combination of fashion elegance from the 1800s, mind you, but Combining it with a soft, subtle femininity and the balanced look showing off a certain amount of homage to her masculinity really emphasised the classic flair in beauty. Okay, Rose, it's your turn. Alrighty. Now, with so many drab or bland outfits, the queen with the best entrance look was definitely Nina Flowers. Entering wearing a 60s-inspired jumpsuit with corset cummerbund Nina's outfit looked like a parrot fucked the Brady Bunch house, and I, for one, am down with that. When she entered the workroom, her outfit and demeanour both screamed fierce, and unlike others, she actually looked like she put in some effort to represent herself in the best way possible. Putting the lick in psychedelic 
Nina definitely had the best entrance look of all the queens. All right, that's it for opening statements. Mimi, it's your turn to shake your rebuttal. Drab, bland. I think you'll find Bongina was anything but. Literally, 1800s, how could you go wrong? A little bit of zhuzh, a little bit of corset, and the black and white look, I was all the way. However, I don't know that cross collars, 60s inspired, really worked at this point in time. I reckon there were probably better ways to fulfill the 60s dream during this episode. Okay, Rose, your turn. It's interesting that you say that Angina's look wasn't overdone, but it certainly was underdone. And it's all good and well to say a classic look, but girlfriend, this ain't Rue Pirates Drag Race. It's time for the all-in brawl. Oh no, debate or don't. Seriously, this is not Peter Pan, man. Angina, adorable. Maybe with a bit of colour or something like that. Maybe a different shirt. That might have looked okay. But really, she just looks like she was looking for the X for the treasure. Well, isn't that what this show's about? The treasure at the end of the race? The glory? The fame? The recognition for all your hard work? And if you can pull off 1800s, you can pull off anything. I don't know that pulling off the androgyny really makes it work that well. It's so boring no it's black and white there's nothing there and when you look at nina and angina's outfits together we've got a pantsuit with a cummerbund corset and a cool little hat piece or a fancy little hair going on right but which one putting them together black and white is a classic representation of but Everything. put them together, which one are you going to look at? Which one are you going to say, oh, I like that? Are you going to go for the drab pirate or are you going to go for the funky, awesome swinger? Clearly, I went for the pirate. I'm all into pirates because you know what pirates bring me? They bring me treasure. They also bring you scurvy. So what do you want? Do you want someone that's a bit curvy or do you want someone that's got scurvy? Seriously. <laughs> I reckon that's the end of that one, definitely. That this, that, that, that's a way to finish it, is curvy or scurvy. So basically based on the fact that as much as pirates are okay, I'm not sure, pretty cool actually, um, I'm not sure that drag is the place for pirates, so I'm going to give it to the 60s. So that will be to Rose. Um, yeah. And I will, yeah, and points. So I ordered you both points, obviously, as I went, as you were talking. Rose, you got six points and Mimi got four. Okay. Yeah. Behind. Mind you, I don't like a bit of behind. Before we move on to our second round, we're going to take a quick break and a cold shower. That was Amali Golden, and welcome back to Drag Race Debates, a kiki with a kick. The competition is well underway, with Rose on six points and Mimi on four points, but it's still anybody's fight. So crack your necks, your backs, your pussies and your cracks, and let's get on with round two. The category is best overall first impression. Rose, this time you can go first. Alrighty. Four words. Crazy. Kooky. Clearly. Misunderstood. Anybody who knows me knows that those four words will be written on my gravestone one day. So it should surprise absolutely nobody that I would be drawn to somebody who marches to the beat of their own maracas. Of course, whilst eight queens spent the episode telling us all how impressive they are, 
how talented and beautiful and how they're going to knock out the competition, only one queen stood out with her airy nonchalance, her relaxed but quirky demeanour that didn't feel forced or put on like how those who tried to impress came across. So, for that reason, for her relatable qualities, her unique look and outlook, Tammy Brown left me with the best impression. Okay, Mimi, who was your choice? Honestly, I couldn't go past Chanel. When she first arrived on the scene, and I mean she was the first, she came up wide-eyed and not so bushy-tailed, with enthusiasm and excitement, and was really proud and ready to show all of her assets. Alright, Rose, your turn to rebut. You don't think that perhaps talking about how you're the Barbra Streisand of drag whilst having your cheeks flashing for everyone to see maybe contradicts itself? Your rebuttal, Mimi. I think, you know, with the amount of words that you had to use to describe one person, I feel like using all of them may not be an accurate interpretation because... You know, do you really need to use that many words to describe one single person? Ding, ding. What are we here for? I mean, are we not here to be enthralled by uh, what's on offer? And also, I don't think she compared herself to Barbara Streisand. Pretty sure it was people that she knows that compared her to Barbara Streisand. And why would that not be an honour if anybody to be compared to? Why not let it be Barbara Streisand? Yeah, that's, that's all good and well. But to actually live up to that standard that the Barbara Streisand, I am talking about the Babs, the one and only, who has a fucking mall in her house, in her basement, like, she can just go down and buy herself a pair of pumps any day she likes. Do you really think that that trashy New Jersey outfit that Chanel walked in wearing lives up to that standard? Hmm. You know what? I'm not suggesting that she's living up to the standard, but aspiring to be that standard, I think that's a fantastic place to She's on the wrong path. She's clearly on the wrong path there. She's following Kim Kardashian, not Barbara Streisand. Another reasonable person to name her. (laughs) Said nobody ever in the past 10 years. (laughs) There's a matter, there's a taste level. (laughs) Oh, isn't it all about the money and the fame though? And a little bit of uh, publicity. The problem with people who are inspired to be the people they like is they don't actually stop to think of what that takes, right? If they're going to follow that path, it's not just a matter of telling everybody, I can do this, I can do that. And anybody who's following Barbara Streisand would know this, right? Barbara doesn't tell us she is great. She doesn't tell us she's the best and has the super suitcase full of super contour. She fucking shows up with the super suitcase full of couture. You know, there is a difference. There is those who are all talk and those who are all walk. And and as you mentioned, it's early days for Chanel. She's still learning how to talk the talk and walk the walk. Well, not not judging by her, her, I'm so professional and have been in this for 10 years and I have my own show in Vegas and blah, 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 blah. How long do you think Barbara Streisand was in the industry before she got to the point where she's at? I mean, like, it would have taken She's been in the industry for 60 years. 
Exactly. So it's taken her 60 years to get there. You know there, how many movies she she's done in that time? time? 19. Because she hasn't needed to do 101 of them. She hasn't needed to tell everyone, I do. I can do this, I can do that, and show it off because she's fucking Barbara Streisand. You know? right, I am going to step in again now. Okay. Only because we're kind of arguing more about Barbara Streisand than we actually are anyone else. <laughs> but I also think... <laughs> Okay, we're we're just basically lording up Barbara Streisand, which you know isn't necessarily a bad thing. Um, but I do wonder if we want to try and see if Mimi has a like want to have a go at your person that you picked because currently we're just arguing over Chanel. Oh, Tammy, how can you though? Well, the only other thing that I have to say, which is what I already said, is like I can't believe how many words you use to describe one individual. It's like you made them the rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that's that's it. Like literally, you just use so many words to describe one individual. Yeah, because she qualifies for that. She's got so many layers. She's like she's like a rainbow cake. She's like an onion. When we're going to layers, I'm pretty sure we're hitting onions, not rainbows anymore. No, it's that soft <laughs> emotional center that puts a tear in your eye. That's how many layers she got. She's got the crazy, she's got the kooky, she's got the mysterious, she's got the deep. The unwanted tear in our eyes. The unwanted tear, that's what Chanel gave me. What, by flicking her G-string in your eye? <laughs> With Tammy, it's a tear of pride. With Chanel, it's a tear of, oh my god, why is she shoving that thing in my face? Alright, I reckon we move on. You guys are just going to keep talking about Barbara Streisand all night if we don't stop there. Alrighty. Points for this round. So I've given awarded three points to Rose and Mimi. You got two. That's terrible. Oh, so I, I so I won that round. Okay. All right. So Rose, you are still ahead after two rounds, on nine points. Mimi on six points. Hey, Mimi, together we can sixty nine. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make me blush. Don't tempt me. <laughs> I wish I could purr right now. Oh, wow. That would be a wah, wah, wah. <laughs> We'll jump straight into round three. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the category for this round is best photo shoot. And Mimi, you're up. Um, so for my favourite photo shoot, I really thought this is where Nina Flowers did justice to herself and the first episode. I just thought that might have been by chance... But her outfit, that 60s look, worked perfectly with those two men and that gorgeous vehicle. The enthusiasm she brought and the proactivity was just phenomenal for that photo shoot. Nina's androgyny fitted perfectly into the theme of hypersexuality. Okay, Rose, go make your statement. Well, judging by RuPaul's past career and overall comedic style, plus this first episode's striking resemblance to America's Next Top Model and Project Runway, I'm going to make the assumption that this pilot episode is indeed a parody of... Parody? Is indeed a parody of sorts. Although it seems to take itself very seriously in a lot of ways. So I would like to pull focus onto the one queen whose photo shoot brought that Rue flavour to the gumbo. Yes, Miss Tammy Brown again. The soul and soulful queen exuded camp, plus comedy, plus nuance in her own original and unique way. Shake your rebuttal, Mimi. I don't think that 
the competition was trying to match a flavour for Rue. I think it was about bringing uniqueness, but I don't think that was the kind of unique photo shoot that was necessarily required for the first season. They weren't asking for comedy. They weren't asking for that sullen look. They were asking for an actual photo shoot. I don't really see how Tammy Brown's look fitted in right for that. Your turn, Rose. Okay, matching colours is interesting and all, I guess, really. But is it unique? Is it charismatic? Is it talented? And is it nervy? I think that's meant to spell a word. Now it's time to debate. Ding, ding. ding. See, but this is a thing. Mike Brewers was asking for a connection to the camera, bodies and aesthetics. And I've got to say, Nina Flowers brought all of that. Tammy didn't bring it. She just didn't. It was a bit too much, though. That's the thing. It was a bit too much. You say it's too much. You know, I mean, it was a nice enough outfit and all, but... When you're, when you're looking at that type of picture, I mean, it's a classical car. You want a classical picture, right? You want a timeless picture for that. Tammy Brown's outfit was timeless. I think when you look at all of the aesthetics from magazines these days, what they're looking for is edgy. That's what they want in these kind of photo shoots. They want something unique, something that captures the eye, something that's vibrant and meaningful. And that's everything that Nina had. Tammy did not have it. She just did they not will, have it. They would have gone with a brighter car, a bigger car, not a classic car then, if they were going for something more modern, instead of it. Oh, I don't even know what model of cars it was because cars are not my thing. But isn't you know, it but that retrospective you... insight between the two? And if we're going for 60s, I mean, that model of car, I'm not exactly sure because I didn't check, but I'm pretty sure that's an old muscle and that's kind of like coming from that era, isn't it? Or was it a New York car? There's a, a difference between that. retro, which is very specific to a time. It's a very specific look and a lot of gawky colours and patterns, as we can see on Nina's outfit, as opposed to that timeless classic look, which lasts forever, because it is timeless. It is there in the word, by definition. That's yeah, why but her, Tammy's photo... I'm just photo. not sure that her camera appeal, the aesthetics... And her connection with the camera just didn't really happen. In the well, that's way. because Tammy's in her own little world. And the fact that she got doused with cold water and it did not take her out of her world, she still remained in that to give us that timeless picture. That, to me, says that she had the best photo shoot overall. Not just the outcome, but in terms of the, the, the whole process, because it didn't put her out in any way. She stayed in her world. She just adapted to it. Do you think it put out Nina Flowers? I mean, I saw some of the drowned rats. That was a mirror, honey. But they did certainly not look like either of these two. These two couldn't have fallen into that category. And that's why I just refute the fact that you would suggest that Nina Flowers wouldn't have been the same as Tammy in that situation. But I just feel like... It's because it's too loud. She pulled it off better. She had that connection. That's why it's too loud. You can't help but have that connection when you're too loud and in someone's face. You don't think turquoise is too loud for the colours that were for the other guys? I mean, this is what I'm talking about too, is aesthetics, that they were complementary. A subdued turquoise. It's not a not a strong one. I just don't know if turquoise turtleneck would really work for that, though. You know what I mean? For a timeless classic look, yeah. That's, that's, her, that's her aesthetic. She looks like she could be in a Betty Davis movie. Driving that car. 
she certainly can be Betty Davis, but I don't know if she could be driving that car. I don't even know if she'd be driving those men, to be honest with you. But she gave it a go. And that, you know what? I give credit to Tammy. It's for better that. than being a traffic cone like Nina Flowers looked. <laughs> ah, well, a colourful one at least. One of those painful ones. It means somebody put a lot of care and effort into that. You know what that means? Somebody painted a traffic cone. <laughs> it looks like they bought it at a garage sale. Where's the effort in that? That material All is right, cones. I might call it there. Damn it. I had one last item. Only because that seemed like a good place to stop. All right, go I on. I do have some comments, and this is why Mimi has won this round. Oh if it's God. too loud, you're too old. Oh, <laughs> fuck you. All right, so oh, fuck in... Fuck you. How dare you? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's nothing wrong with the sugar daddy. I'm only four months older than your husband. Thank you very much. All right, so sorry, scoring. Okay, so Mimi won that round, as I said. Um, she got four points, and Rose, you got two points. I'll give a quick tally of this one. Rose is on 11, and Mimi is now on 10. Two skinny ladies, 11. Legs, 11. Oh, legs, that's it. Yeah, it's two fat ladies, 88. It's two fat ladies, 88, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell I'm a skinny bitch. <laughs> as the first thing that comes into my mind, look, it's two of me. So we have two more rounds to go. While you're all hot and bothered, round four is best runway. Rose, you get to go first. Oh, okay. So we can all agree that this first challenge was pretty bad across the board. And while some of the other contestants may have looked nice enough, only one queen showed us that she can actually work with the unconventional materials and use them as an actual material, while keeping on brand. And that was Ongina, whose clever technique of using plastic tarp to create her dress didn't overpower nor underwhelm her signature look. It instead complemented it, and unlike some of the other atrocities, looked like it could very well have been something she found in her closet. Not only that, but she didn't just walk, she let her body move to the music and vogued. For look, presentation, and excellent use of materials, Angina gets tens, tens, tens across the board from me. Okay, Mimi, who was your choice? So, uh, for my choice of best runway, I couldn't go past Tammy Brown. As you'd said, most of the efforts that the ladies have put in were pretty bad but one did stand up above the rest. And for that reason, my choice is Tammy Brown. So for the first week to make something so glamorous from a whole bunch of crap, what could be more glamorous than the 1930s? And cue the cat classics featuring Tammy Brown. And honestly, who else could have pulled off something like this? Blue dish rags floating against your physique? I mean, come on, how could you go past this gorgeous, gorgeous beast? Okay, Rose, time to rebut. I agree, yeah, gorgeous. I love Tammy Brown, but what was that outfit? It was a shawl. That's all it was. It was a shawl, she took it off, and there was a bathing suit. Okay, Mimi, you get to rebut his one now. Looks like she's wearing a sandwich board. Sandwich board. <laughs> um, couldn't think of anything mean to say. 
I'll come on a sandwich board. That's that's a bit wrong. Like, it's better than looking like a sandwich wrapper, at least. Sandwich what would you prefer wrapper. to look like? I think you'll find Angina looked exactly like a sandwich wrapper in that blue tarp. Oh, really? Maybe a loofah? And that's fine. Who doesn't want to rub themselves up with a loofah? Oh. Hello? It's better than rubbing yourself up with a sandwich wrapper. Who wants mayo all over their body? What? A dirty shower scrubber? I don't... I don't want no scrub. Okay, TLC. Alright, but tell me this. What sort of outfit is it that she takes it off, drops it on the ground, and it's just a bathing suit that she already had? Yeah, but the dress over the top, that wrap, was gorgeous. I mean, seriously. Come on. As if that wouldn't have... That sandwich wrap. That is so not sandwich wrap. That gently drifted over her gorgeous physique and emphasised how beautiful the 1930s, 40s, and 50s was. It was all reminiscent of that gorgeous era of showgirls. Oh, I agree. Oh, I, I agree. But that's the bathing suit. I, I don't know if the, the shawl really hit the mark. Maybe it's a scar. I mean, she she waving that above her head or something or, or whatnot. Is it snowing? No, it, it's it's not really much of an outfit. It's yeah, a bunch it's of circles. it's bringing back those glamorous days. It's bringing back the air of Betty Davis and Esther Williams and the Million Dollar Mermaids. It's that classic chic look that she brought to the stage. And she brought it with the entire look. The bathing suit, the blue dishcloths and... Dishcloth, exactly! She, she's Shamwell. She's Tammy Shamwell now. Yeah. That's, that's her name. And she... Is that what you're calling her now? Well, well at least it's got a wow in it. <laughs> See, you're still impressed. Sham wow. <laughs> Bugger. I don't know. I just feel like that on I just feel like Angina, you know, doing the whole Vogue thing down the runway, it just seemed a little bit desperate. Oh. Like I feel like she was too concerned about the tarpy outfit. And her sponge look that she felt like she had to add something extra that really did. Was make it something a little bit extra, or was it just her fun, vibrant, vibrant, bubbly personality? Perhaps, but I don't know. It didn't come across. And where was the way where was Tammy's number. personality in her outfit? It was all about the glamour. It was all it was, about the Betty Davis. It was she all on the floor. All on look. Well, what else? What else do you do with a cape? Or with a wraparound dress, you walk down the runway and then you do a seductive little twirl, and then you. The take only it off thing your shoulders, that dress right? is wrapping around is a hoagie. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> you don't put a sponge cloth, or you don't put a dishcloth around a sandwich. You put a tarp around a sandwich. <laughs> All right, debaters, that's enough for that round. I'm going to award two points to each of you. It was just too tough to call. As we head into the final round, with the scores now, Rose on 13 Game points on. and Mimi on 12. All right, so at the end of the day, Mimi, you need more points than Rose in this last round to take the win. I'll let you both prepare while we take a short break to hear from our sponsors and supporters.
Welcome back. You're listening to Drag Race Debates, a kiki with a kick on the Bloop Bloop Network. I'm your host slash judge for today, Yolanda Nina Pickle, and currently the scores are Rose Colour Glasses on 13 points versus Mimi Kaka on 12, with one final round to go. Are you ready, fighters? Hell yeah. Bring it on. Grr, arr. (laughs) (laughs) Grr. (laughs) All right. So our final category is... Who should have gone home? Mimi, you're up first. Honestly, I think the best option here was definitely Victoria Porkchop Parker. I mean, she was just too kind for the competition. What was she doing? Was she like more of a cheer squad than a competitor? She was so enthusiastic about supporting all the other girls. And while I think that's a great conducive environment, nobody else reflected that back to her. Honestly, the show is all about the drama, not reading me a quaint little story in a monotone regional accent. Ooh, <laughs> that was harsh. <laughs> the claws were out in that last, you know, regional accent. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> That was a good one. All right, Rose, it's your turn. All right. Granted, the first challenge was bad. I think I said that. In my last argument, that's how bad it was. At least eight queens put in effort and attempted something in the very least, and pretty much all other queens exuded a confident yet sassy attitude. But only one queen came across as rude, and only one queen thought that wearing a booby bandana and a cotton belt could be construed as fashion. Only one queen turned the trusty titsling into nothing more than an FCC nightmare. Only one queen made a non-dress so incredibly skimpy that it could only be described as fit for a Robin Thicke music video. Wait, it's 2009. Is Robin Thicke a thing yet? Is Hannah still Miley? Where was I? All right. Titsling. Akasha's wasn't an outfit. It was two censorship bars and a smile at the tip. But just the tip. But here's a tip for her. Take the attitude elsewhere, honey. Okay, Mimi, shake it. Again, I'm going to have to disagree with you here. Attitude is what we want. Competitors are what we want. We don't want people that sit back and be friends with people. The competition is on and somebody needs to win. Censorship bars are a positive. They're not a negative. The less, the better. Okay, Rose, go for it. You say regional like half the bloody country that is watching that show in America ain't regional. So don't you think they might be looking for themselves in their queens? All right, have at it. Ding, ding. Okay, that dress that Porkchop had, she put some effort in, right? She had some fancy sleeves. She had a little ugly triangle things there. Sure, it wasn't the nicest outfit, but that could have been worn as a bridesmaid's dress in the 1980s. Take away those triangle things, it's perfectly fine. So she should not have gone based on the fact she actually put in effort. I'm not sure that she did put in effort. It just didn't quite hit the mark. I feel like you could see right from the get-go when she came out on the runway that she was concerned about where she was at when she walked out there. She almost had that negative air of not wanting to be there anymore, wanting to be there as part of the cheer squad but not wanting to be there as a competitor. And this is where titslings are a decent thing. Skimpy is a decent thing. 
We like this in our competitors. It shows that they're willing to give everything that they have for us and for our industry. It is much nicer to watch someone who doesn't want to be there because they're too nice than someone who doesn't want to be there because they're too far above everyone mm, else. That's not the thing with reality TV. And that's the difference between these two. That is two. not a thing with reality TV at all. We want massive engagement. We want arguments. We want as much nudity as we can. That is what reality TV is all And yet about. who ends up winning? Who and ends up winning in the end? The nice person, don't they? The, the Reggie in Big <laughs> Brother 3. That's different. Big Brother is very, 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 very different to RuPaul's Drag Race or Next Top Model or any other show like that. Well, look, Santino Rice. Very different class of reality TV. He was an absolute twat on Project Runway Season 2. He didn't win. He came runner-up. The nice girl won. In the end, the nice person, they say that nice guys finish last. No, they don't. In reality TV, the nice people always win because the producers want the audience to come back for the next season. And if the asshole wins, they're likely not to come back. I think Project Runway is because a they're like, oh well, they're just got a reward. To, uh, next top model or RuPaul's Drag Race. It's a very different class. Of oh, but they're pretty much the same across the board. They're they're the same turd, just <laughs> painted different colours. Give me a bit of drama. <laughs> but that drama should come naturally, not forced from someone just being a real nasty person. And that it certainly don't doesn't fit in with the rest of the people who may be yeah confident or like look look at someone like Chanel, she's confident she thinks she's above everyone else but she's still a nice queen to everyone because she knows that that's what you have to be regal and you have to be polite and you have to be stoic and professional when you are working with other people. You might be in a competition setting that doesn't mean you bring your competitors down by stepping on them. You beat them by being better at them, and that's what Chanel plans to do, and I'm all in for that. And I think Porkchop could have done that had she been given the chance, and should have been given the chance over someone who looks like she's got a piece of fucking shit stuck under her nose and she can't help but smell it. Sounds really aggressive, man. Chill out. But also, what's the statement about nice guys finish last? Does that fit into this context? Well, yeah, no, that's the, well, yeah, the statement, see, in, in society the statement is correct, and it shouldn't have been like that. You're asking me who should have gone home. I am telling you right now, it should not have been the one who didn't leave a bad taste in people's mouths. Yeah. But Akasha did. Yeah. She should have gone. It would have been retribution. It would have been vindication for the audience who sat there thinking, God, who is this person? She's just, just walked in here. This is the first time we've met her. And she's just nasty. Well, then from a, There's no politeness from her at all. From There's a no... video format, wouldn't that be a good thing to send the person that people might like more or is that is more considerate home first? Because it's like, oh, what have they done? And, like, leave them wanting more. Is that a tactic that these guys use for reality TV? Lure the people in by sending the people you, But you'd think you. that not from someone who's 50 years old. They would do that for someone who's, you know, young and good-looking, that they know that the girls are going to want to come back the next year. They're not going to do it for Are a middle-aged man. to somebody who's 50 years old as well? Well, I'm not saying that they wouldn't, but these types of shows, I mean, otherwise... Shit. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> Fuck. All right, filibustering. <laughs> That's the difference. Okay, like to to say that you can do everything, which Akasha does, and to show us, right, 
Porkchop didn't tell us that she can do this and do that, and she's better than everybody else. So she should have been given Which the chance to show us what home. she can actually because, do. Because she didn't show us. She didn't show us the potential that she had. The first episode, any episode, every episode, you have to show all of your potential. And she just did not manage to do that. Do you think that she would have gone home had the song, the Lip Sync, lip sync for Your Life song, been a slow song? Like a big ballad sung by a bigger woman. Well, she didn't even sing to the song half the time, if at all. Like, there were like it's maybe a bit four too songs fast. that were filmed as being sung. I mean, she's got cholesterol to think oh, of, so she can't run around too fast. If you can't keep up with fast, then what are you doing? Like, I mean, even big people can keep up with fast. But that doesn't answer my she question. Have been singing. If it had been, say, and I'm telling you I'm not going, or something with like a lot of passion, like, um, uh, what's that? I have nothing. Nothing, nothing. Done. I have nothing. That's what it's called. I have nothing. Do you well, think... Well, it wasn't, and she didn't show us. Right? She would have given us a low-energy performance, or do you think she would have really sunk her teeth into that and completely destroyed Akasha, who is younger and fitter and can move around to a song like that? So, therefore, Victoria was at a disadvantage, plain not and simply. Not at all. You She's need not to... a mover. She's not a it's dancer. It's a competition. You need to keep up with the competition. You need to be better and fitter and faster than the competition. If you're not, then bye. And that's what happened. So it's clear. But it's all good to say that you are, to tell us that you are like Akasha did, right? But she didn't show us. Porkshop didn't brag about herself being like that and should have been given a chance to show us what tricks she does have up her sleeve because she didn't come across as arrogant. She didn't come across as better than everybody else. As an so audience member, that's who I want to see. Whole series to herself, so she can show us. Like how long's it no, going to take her to the, show us? How many hours least, of recording do we need to wait until we see what she's got? At least pump her up above the one that that's Mrs. Stankface. All right, that was good. That was a good one, and we do have oh, a winner. Really? That's it, folks. The final scores are. Our winner is Rose Yay! on 19 points, and you were awarded six points in that last round. Bonus points for the effective use of Titsling. Titsling. Always up for an effective Titsling. Mimi, Mimi <laughs> nice. finished up. Exactly. <laughs> okay, Mimi finished up on 16 points, so not far behind. Oh, my God. Those points are going to be added to a running tally, which will culminate in a finals series at the end of the season. Congratulations to... Rose colour glasses. Asshole. Sometimes it pays to be biased. And too bad, so sad to Mimi Kaka. Yeah. Better luck next time. <laughs> be sure to follow us on the Twitters at Drag Race Debates, one word, and support us on Patreon with Blooming Theatricals. See the links below. And do our fighters have anything to plug or say before we go? By the Tunniston Tale. Because if you think I sound stupid here, just wait till you read my novels. That's all from us at the Blooming League of Original Podcasts. Don't forget to check out the rest of our shows. We hope you had fun. And remember, it's not all serious. It's just master debating. We'll let Amali Golden take us out. Be sure to check out her music on iTunes, Spotify, and more. I've been Yolandanina Pickle. See you next time. Good night. Drag Race Debates is not affiliated in any way with VH1, World of Wonder, or RuPaul's Drag Race. All opinions are just for the sake of it and not to be taken seriously.
we are merely hobbits going on an adventure. <laughs> <laughs>